From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In today's episode, we get the Chai Cast, a special show that Chai Guy produced. But first, as always, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up is a shout out from Lance Hunter, who produces a podcast called Flipped Out about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. Hello, I'm Lance Hunter of Flipped Out with a very important message. It's August, and as we all prepare for the Big Burn, or as I like to call it, the Planet Earth Regional, we're all under a lot of stress. Plans are being made, resources are being gathered, and let's face it, we're all pretty frazzled. Now, as you prepare for your burn, think about this episode of Burncast. Think about the fact that DeBaum and crew have managed to keep this show going on a weekly schedule nonstop since January. Weekly. Now, really... Think of all the projects you've had to delay or abandon altogether in that amount of time. Think about how stressful it must be to keep something going weekly when there are so many other things you could be doing to get ready for the desert. Some of you may think that podcasting is easy. You take a microphone and talk to someone for a while. Then you plug it into your internet machine and send it down the series of tubes for all to enjoy. In fact, it's a lot harder than it seems. There's mixing, editing, enhancing, and coding your podcast feed. There's booking upcoming interviews and maintaining the podcast website. There's an occasional rocket flight to the moon to have your equipment maintained and repaired by the super-advanced aliens that blessed mankind with podcasting technology. The Burncast crew takes on this challenge and does it better than most. And if you don't believe me, they'll check out my little ramshackle operation. What I'm trying to say is, it's hard out there for a podcaster. How could you make it a bit easier? With a donation. Support all the effort that goes into Burncast by taking some of that money you are going to waste on crap and putting it in the hands of those that could really use it. Think, if all of you donated just the cost of a single case of beer to Burncast, the bomb would end up with a whole lot of beer in Blackrock, and I bet you'd be willing to share. So now is the time to hit the pause button, open up Burncast.net, and make your donation. I mean, come on, we all know it's worth it. You know, Lance is right. I am totally willing to share. In fact, all the fundraising you've heard me go on about these past few months is an effort to get a dome for Burncast on the playa and create a space for the community to gather and step up to the mic and even share a beer or water or whatever you want to drink to. Burncast is a labor of love and a gift to the community, but I really need some help. I don't make a penny off of Burncast, and right now I'm only about 40% closer to getting that dome thanks to a very generous donation from a listener. So now, with only a few weeks away, I ask you to go to the website, burncast.net, and click on the support tab. There you'll see the Burncast wish list that features the dome we want to get, as well as some other things that could help us continue to produce Burncast on a weekly basis. This brings us to our second item on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board, and that is our daily schedule at Burning Man this year. Every day, Monday through Sunday, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at Camp Sunscreen, we'll be recording a topic of the day in the Burncast Pod Lounge. Our tentative schedule is available on today's show notes at burncast.net, but is still subject to a few tweaks before we get to Burning Man. 
Okay, that's a wrap for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board, so let's move on with today's episode. Today, Chai Guy steps up to the mic and begins with an interview with Catherine Slinky Rose, owner of Slinky Productions, an exotic and pole dancing school for women that was voted Best Pole Polishers for 2007 by the Bay Guardian. Then, on the playa last year, Chai Guy asks a few burners, what's your playa name and how did you get it? He then concludes the episode by going to Make Magazine's Maker Fair this past April to talk to burners about all kinds of cool shit you're going to see on the playa this year. Let's begin with Chai Guy's interview with Catherine Slinky Rose. Hey everybody, this is Chai Guy and I'm here in San Rafael, California at the Aroma Cafe with the lovely and talented Catherine Slinky Rose. Hi Chai Guy. And uh, yeah, so we're just here talking and I've been wanting to interview you for a while and I finally just got up here to, um, I actually went to Maker Fair yesterday and that was a lot of fun, but um, I've been wanting to interview you for a while and talk to you about about what you do and your business and how that integrates with your art and the playa and all that stuff, so why don't you just tell us who you are and for those who don't know and what you do. My name is Catherine Rose. On Tribe.net I go by Catherine Slinky Rose. But I do, my real name is Catherine Rose, <laughs> although some people do call me Slinky on the playa, okay. or Slinky Girl on the playa. And uh, what I do in my regular life is I have a business called Slinky Productions, and we teach exotic dancing to, mostly to women, exotic dancing, pole dancing, lap dancing, floor show, and uh, lead tours of strip clubs for men and women. Nice. And I, I understand that you also do classes on the playa as well. I love teaching classes on the playa. It is one of my favorite things to do is just show up and offer what I love to do, which is teach. So in my regular life, I have this business, and I, I spend a lot of time running the business and, and a, another period of time teaching. And, of course, most of the joy comes from teaching. So at Bernie Man, I just get to offer what I love to do, which is just to show men and women. I do. I teach men and women on the playa, only women in the city. And I just love to show them what they are already loving to do. I just love to help out, show a little skill, a little technique, and, and get them going so that they have more confidence to play. Nice. You know, I almost I almost forgot to, to mention one of the uh, one of the important things of doing a podcast with Burncast is that we actually have a drinking game. And uh, whenever you whenever you say anyone says either you or myself, we anyone ever either of us say the word community, we have to drink. But being that this is a Sunday afternoon, and being that I think both of us have had a, a rather uh, exhaustive weekend, we're I'm I'm drinking a, a chai iced tea appropriately enough. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. it's very white and creamy and yummy looking. And and you are drinking a, a this brilliant red orange concoction. Ooh, yeah, it's a carrot beet celery um, ginger juice. Okay, so if you're drinking long at home, you can drink a chai or something healthy. Or if you're a lush, you can just stick with the regular alcohol but yeah whatever we say community we'll we'll drink okay. and yeah okay so back to the interview um so i and i'm just going to go ahead and roll off the, the word right now and, and say that uh i actually a few years ago 
I, I was telling a friend about a, I think it was a Burning Man solstice party that I went to, and they had pole dancing. And I, uh, I said, she was, said, well, how was the party? I said, it was great. You know, they had, they had all these entertainers and, uh, you know, different things happening in art and music, and, oh, they had pole dancing. And she goes, you know, I'm so glad that they're bringing pole ban- dancing back to the community. And I was like, did it ever... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Drink. <laughs> so I said, was pole dancing ever in the community be- to begin <laughs> with? Like, was it... Like, was it get out of the street. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it was almost like she said, it was almost like, you know, it had been in the community yeah. and it got lost somewhere, and like, now it's coming back. But it's, but it, there is definitely a different connotation with, with what you do now than, than, say, even 10 years ago. Absolutely. A pole dancing has been reclaimed by the masses. There was a time where, unless you were a patron of an, uh, an entertained exotic dance club, unless you were a patron or a stripper, you didn't know what a pole dance was. You didn't know what a lap dance was. Now it's, I, I believe it's in the uh, diction. It should, it will be in the dictionary soon. It's become so common. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you have a lot of different people as your clients. I mean, you have. I, you know, I've heard you in other interviews talk about housewives and and, and moms and, and, and executives, right? I have a lot. You know, to be honest, most of my women that come to me are professional working women. They're also artists, dancers, very creative women. I have about 15% women who come to me because they want to train, they want to learn better skills because they are interested in, be, in being professional exotic dancers. But for the most part, these are just everyday women that heard about this fun thing, they saw it on TV, they read an article, and they know it's it's sexy fun. You know, it's fitness and it's sexy. And who doesn't want to feel fit and sexy? And it's like so. It's also kind of like a workout type thing as well, right? Like it's there's that workout. workout. It's like a workout component to it as well, like a fitness component. It absolutely is, Thai guy. Um, it's particularly pole dancing is I consider it a form of aerial dance and I hope the aerial dance community doesn't get back to me on that. I also do low flying trapeze so I have a hand in that community and it really does build upper body strength in a huge way which is really a wonderful feeling to feel strong and fit just to have your upper body fit. Pole dancing will do that. You are lifting your upper body weight. And you're swinging around. What I like to, to say, I think the reason why women uh, love pole dancing or why they really gravitate towards poles, whether they know how to pole dance or not, is you know they come up to this. You know, I'm going to get a more than suggestive. Here. Just, I mean, for most obvious reasons, they're coming up to this big two-inch firm cylinder right. that's erect and it's and it's and they can go up to it and just dance and play. And it's it's just it's it's intuitive almost. They just they go to it. It's just like they're led to it. And uh, so most women just love to play on the pole. And there's also an element of being a little kid. You get to play on a swing. Once you have a little bit of technique, you get that that wonderful um, thrill of swinging around the pole, which is very, very childlike. So we've got the sexy woman gyrating on an this you know big shiny metal cylinder and then you've got this this object that you can swing on and go really fast or climb and feel strong feel like you know you're back in on the ropes in high school yeah there's many there's several levels (laughs) well it's true because i have a friend that has a pole in her house and when we have parties at this house it seems like everybody gets up on the pole at some at some point during the night everyone gets up even the guys yeah even the guys i can do something on that Right. 
I think there's this thought, and it's been expressed to me from these people that like, oh wow, there must be a lot of sex going on at Burning Man. There's a lot of there's a lot of sex going on. Just look at all the people dressed in the sexy clothes. But I don't know if that's really. The, do you think that do you find I that's do. the case? I do. I do think it's true. You do you think it's I true? Absolutely <laughs> do you think it's true, John? <laughs> I, I, you know what? And community. I need to have a sip of okay. my drink. So yes. It's a very sexual community. <laughs> I do think that. What I've noticed is that. Being in that environment is kind of like, you know, when you go on a vacation and you let go of your regular identity and how you think you should be. Something about that triad, that, the, the playa, not the chaya, but the playa. Maybe the chaya. Maybe the chaya on the playa. But there's something about being in that environment. It really encourages people to let go of who they think they need to be. And I think for a lot of women, that means letting go of their ideas around how they, how sexual they can be, and giving them more permission. The fact that they, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, but I, I know that when I'm on the plot, I feel a lot more sexual. Absolutely, I'm turned on much more of the time than like in my regular work. <laughs> There's something, I'm, you know, maybe it's the, the cute little slutty clothing that I'm walking around in that, or I, I'm a nudist, so I love to walk around naked. I love to, I'm an exhibitionist, I love to have people watch me, I love not being in my work world, and I think that it's more sexual energy on the playa than I think anywhere else on the planet. We just interviewed uh, Brian Doherty, and he's the guy who wrote This is Burning Man, the book. He actually interviewed a bunch of people on the same quest, and what he came up with in interviewing people was that Burning Man is a place where people are having a great time, like everyone's very confident, everyone's doing the thing that they love to do, and so that there's something about that confidence that's sexy, that exudes that kind of makes yes. you just want to drop all your inhibitions yes. and, and be sexy and, yes. and people to find you sexy yes. and, and I, th- I think that's what it is when you're having a good time when you're wanting to find most of us when we think of happiness and joy in our lives it almost always includes sexuality because that's who we are and we have to put that aside in our regular life or many people have to you know squish it a little bit if their lives can't contain that for whatever reason so absolutely I think just that state of happiness on the playa is, is the is the fertile grounds for people being in their true sexual joy and their in their in their true um, joy of, of being a human, a sexual human being. Right. Which we you know, which is what I feel really blessed, that, uh, really really lucky in my life because I get to encourage that in my classes. I get to encourage women to go shopping and wear fun, sexy clothing that makes them feel hot. I get to wear these sexy clothing, and I get to show women. And to bring that out in women, that just that sexy movement is beautiful. It's natural. It's who they are. It's not something they need to try and be. It's just who they are, mm-hmm. with a little technique. There you go. <laughs> well, tell me about your Burning Man story. How many, how long, how many years have you been going to the event, and how did you find the event, and all I, that? Well, I found the event a really long time ago. I've been in the Bay Area since 1987, uh-huh. and so that is 20 years. <laughs> And I have a very vague memory of going to the beach in San Francisco for some kind of funky event. And I'm not sure if it was one of Starhawk's events or if it was actually one of the original Burning Man. But I have always been a part of alternative and underground cultures and community. Oh, excuse me. So I've known about Burning Man since, um, I, I believe, since probably since it, it went to the desert. And I had 15 years ago. 15, maybe 14 years ago, I had a ticket to go, and so it, I've only been going. This would be my fifth year, so I have only been I've only been to four Burning Man's, but I had a ticket 
like eight years before that. So it's always been on the back burner, and um, I hadn't been able to get away. I used to work in um, in a school for for a few years. So yeah, I worked uh, at the Academy of Arts. I couldn't get away, or I just I was in school. I was a full time student. I couldn't get away. So for whatever reasons, I put it off. I put it off, and then uh, five years ago, some friends that had a camp, a very well greased camp, invited me to be their pole dance mascot. They built a pole on top of their large fire truck engine uh, art car, and they wanted me to just come. They gave me a ticket. They rolled out the red carpet. They said, they'll feed me. Here's a ticket. I could not say no. Right. And I went, and that's all I needed. That you know, that's all I need. The next year, on January whatever seventeenth or eighteenth, it usually falls right around my birthday. Right. I am there at five to noon with my credit card, and I am buying my ticket. So they opened up the door for me that I had no excuses. All the excuses I made just fell to pieces. And Burning Man was a part of a history that I knew I had to be a part of. And that's not to say I didn't. I haven't had some really miserable Burning Man experiences, <laughs> yeah. but I really like being a part of history. So the first year I taught very informal classes. I basically walked around. I taught to my camp. Right. Uh, on the art car, I danced, and whoever asked me, I showed them things. When I walked around and saw women playing on the pole, especially women that were a little anub- uh, 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 Thank you. <laughs> Post inebriation brain. Uh, a little inebriated and, and, and maybe you know just feeling kind of um, klutzy. I would say, let me help you. Please do this and do this, and this is how you're going to avoid injuring yourself or avoid bruising yourself heavily. I just felt like I could go around and offer some safety tips that first year, mostly, and show a few easy spins. And then the following year. I did the same thing. I just did very informal classes. And then the last two years, I was in the who, what, where. And I offered classes on a regular basis. Last year, I did four classes. And three were pole dancing, and one was lap dancing. And it... Um, it was a, it was really um, fun. I loved. Well, I think for me, what shifted the first year of going to Burning Man is just you can't have too many responsibilities. I think that my only right. responsibility was must eat food at some point, must drink water. That's all I really had to. But after that, I really felt that I couldn't show up and not contribute. And the best way for me to contribute were with my gifts, which is teaching. I love teaching. I love teaching women. I love teaching men as well, but I really just love teaching dance. So the last two years were, um, you know, I, my, my main responsibility was teaching. I think I'll go down to two classes a week. Four, even, four was, it felt like a lot because there's getting ready, there's decompressing after. Especially one of those days was two classes in, in the same day. So I think I'll back off a little bit. But to me, it feels like when I explain Burning Man to people, I don't say it's a place to show up and consume. I say it's a, it's a place to show up and, and uh, be in this incredible, uh, utopic society based on ideals of, um, of gifting. So this is beyond barter, and I love that. It's yeah. gifting. What would happen if all of us showed up and gave what our gift was? You know, our gift of making chai. Man, we love chai. I love chai. But that is such a gift to me, you know. The gift of showing up and learning how to make a pasty, learning how to do another dance form, anything, whatever it is. You know, if somebody just, you know, paints, you know, comes up to me in center camp and says, let me paint your fingernails, that is a gift to me. And I just, I, I'm 
an idealist myself. I really am, and I just love being a part of a culture that is based on everybody contributing their gifts, everybody being responsible for sharing themselves. Nice. Yeah, we, it was funny because when we were on the playa last year, we talked to uh, Adrian and Mysterious D, the publishers of Piss Clear, the daily newspaper. Oh, I love Piss Clear. <laughs> That's great. And uh, we were interviewing them, and they said, yeah, you know, we, we, we publish a newspaper in real in the real world, and we put on clubs in the real world, and we came to Burning Man, and we said, why don't we put on, why don't we publish a newspaper here? Why don't we... Why don't we put on a club? And that's what they do. And it's interesting because you, you're basically taking your gift that you do in real life and you're taking it to the playa. But some people, they feel like, you know, they, they, do, they do a job, 9 to 5, 40 hours a week, and then they go to the playa and they don't want to do that. Um, so it's nice that you're able to take that. Because I think, I think basically what I'm trying to say is that you're obviously doing something that you love because yes. you're, you love it so much that you're wanting to do it when you're yes. on vacation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Birdie Man, I wonder if I call Birdie Man a vacation. It's my it's an alternate <laughs> reality. I wouldn't call it a vacation because I think of vacations as being very restful oh, and I rest see. is like the, the last thing I get at That's Burning true. Man. That's true, yeah. But I, I, I do, I feel really lucky that I've been able to create a vocation for myself that it, that is my passion, that is tied to something that's really important to me, which is you know is is um, bringing more sensuality and being in a sex positive uh, you know increasing sex positive culture and I, again you know I feel like I the the, the uh, universe I hate that word the universe uh, the, the community <laughs> the communities have invited me to to help teach this skill. It's not something I planned to do when I when I was a stripper. You know, you, you're a stripper because you need to pay the bills while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. It's not something you plan. I'll be a stripper and then I'll be a, I'll teach. <laughs> it. It's not something that we do. It's something that I feel the community invited me to do. My community's invited me to do. But I think it would be absolutely amazing to go and do some kind of a dream, uh, a dream offering. Like Chaiga, you said that you. Um, I've always wanted to own a bar. Right. And right. the fact that you go out there and run a bar without all those licenses and FDA approval and blah 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 is really exciting. So I I really hope to do that. I hope to hone in on some of my passions that I haven't been able to give a lot of time to either now or maybe I did when I was younger and to express those as well because I think that that is the opportunity to to make ourselves bigger than we are. Yeah. To, to really just push ourselves and be even more expansive, more than we think we can be. If someone wanted to take your class on the playa, or if they wanted to take your class in the Bay Area, how would they go about doing either of those two things? Uh, here's my plug. <laughs> Let me have plug a away. dear community. That's my drink. <laughs> So if you'd like to take an exotic dance class, and that includes learning pole dancing or lap dancing, I do. we do uh, lap dancing for couples now, so if you're wanting to learn and practice just on your sweetie, if you're wanting to learn floor work, if you're wanting to take a, a couple's tour of strip clubs, contact W. You know what? The WW is so old. It was so five years ago. <laughs> we don't need to the say sl- the WW. Slinky, <laughs> slinkyproductions.com. And I'm Catherine Rose. You can find me on Tribe. You can find me on Yelp. Look up Catherine Rose or Slinky Productions. If you want to take classes with me on the playa, I, you can find me in the Who, What, Where. I will always be there. I am taking this year off. 
Oh. I am. Okay. I am taking this year off to uh, go back to Canada, which is where I'm from. Okay. And I will be back next year. I right. promise. Come <laughs> find me. Come find me. I love to teach. I love to teach you. Come find me. Okay. Well, anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? Um, no, no. If, and if you, for all of you who don't know Chai Guy, he's, I, I like Chai Guy. Chai Guy's got green, green, blue, amber? Kind of hazel, no, I call hazel him, amber yeah. eyes and, yeah. and um, very vibrant and gives good interview. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. That was Chai Guy with Catherine Slinky Rose. Next up, Chai Guy asks, what's your ply name and how did you get it at Burning Man 2006? My ply name is Blue Night Owl, and I got it um, kind of because I chose it. Um, it's not much history behind it besides the fact that I like the color blue. I like the fact that blue has multiple meanings. I like the fact that... Um, there's so many different uses for the word blue, and then I just happen to be a night owl. Fantastic. And that's it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What's your ply name, and, and why did you get it? Uh, I'm Hot Sauce, and I was named by Jim Waugh and Commander Starflyer. I think I, I think they named me Hot Sauce because I eat really spicy food, and I can't have it unless it has hot sauce in it. And why else? And uh, Jimmy says I have two jugs of hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> nice, thank you. My playa name is Shutters, and I was named by the infamous namer Hot Sauce because I'm a photographer. Fantastic, thank you. What's your playa name, and how'd you get it? Well, you see, I haven't used my playa name yet because my girlfriend thought it was silly. But I don't think that I should worry about that, so I'm just going to maybe try and use it. And my ply name would be Santiago. And it was inspired by the character from The Alchemist by Paulo Cole. Excellent. Thank you so much, Santiago. No problem. My ply name is Professor Kisses. Um, I got it. I actually got it by, from Burners in San Diego when I was in San Diego, um, who said that my playa name had to be Kisses because I'm a very good kisser. And I added the professor because this is Black Rock University. So, of course, the teacher, I need to be a professor. So I'm Professor Kisses, Professor of Kissology. Excellent. Can I have a kiss? Yes. Thank you. Mm, wow, you are a good kisser. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, my name is Sissy Space Girl, and this lovely um, orange creature from hell gave me this name because he was just so enchanted with my spacesuit. What's your playa name and how did you get it? I don't have a playa name. I've tried various names through Renaissance, Society of Creative Renechanisms, and none of ever stick. So I just stick with my own because Celestia is a glorious name. It goes back six generations, and I love it. I think that's a great so name. So I'll keep it. I love that name. Thank you. Yeah. In the final segment of our show, Chai Guy goes to Make Magazine's Maker Fair and talks to burners about all kinds of cool shit you're going to see on the playa this year. So hey, we're here at Maker Fair. You want to tell us about your project and what your name is? Sure. My name is Tracy and the project is WMD Cozy. WMD cozy, like weapons of mass destruction. Exactly. And, and cozy meaning like a like a thing that you would put over a toaster or a 
some other thing that yes okay. yes <laughs> yes but, All right. it's, but it's spelled cozy c-o-z-y to play on the uh, relaxed attitude that we okay. have now towards okay cozy. yeah and uh, this is a, a public collaboration that invites anyone to get involved in designing and knitting giant cozies for retired weapons of mass destruction. Very nice. <laughs> and the first one we're starting with is the ICBM Peacekeeper. Okay. It's 72 foot tall and 24 feet in diameter, or circumference, sorry, circumference. All right. And um, that's, a, that's a very large cozy. It's gigantic. Yes. It's huge. We need uh, 240 squares that are 33 inches by 33 inches to cover this thing. And so people can check out the website, wmdcozy.com, okay. and sign up to, if you're a beginner, knit a simple square. Or if you're intermediate, you can knit a giant letter. Or if you're really skilled, you could do an intarsia version of a picture that someone has drawn to go on the cozy. Nice. And so, when, and at the culminate when this project is finished, then how will you? How, what? What? Do you have a WMD in mind? Well, with this one, this is for the uh, ICBM peacekeeper. Right, but do you have a specific peacekeeper in mind? Um, well, I'm sure that there's one in a museum somewhere. Right. And we're going to track it down and ask permission to install it. Or if somebody has a WMD in their backyard, if they have a peacekeeper in their backyard then they can, or in their they shop. Can, they can let us know. There's okay. also, if, and by the way, if you have weapons that you yourself would like to retire, uh-huh. say, for instance, if you're a rogue nation or you're just a wacko out there with weapons, you can get in touch with us. We have a commit to quit form that you can fill out. You can okay. tell us all about your weapon and we'll, and give us the dimensions and we'll knit a special cozy for you if you promise to retire I think that's a wonderful idea. Well, thank you very much, and check out WMDCozy.com. Thanks. You're welcome. Lisa, what are you doing here at Maker Fair? We brought our Kinetic Pastry Science Mobile Muffins. And and for those who don't know the official name, what is the Kinetic Pastry Science Mobile Muffins that a burner would know? They're the, they're the muffin cars. They're the muffin cars that you see. The guys cupcakes. That, they're the, the cupcakes. cupcakes. They're the cupcakes. The cupcakes that are driving around the playa that... Everybody sees with the with the hats and that match the cupcakes and yeah. That's the one. They're electric. All right. They're mo- They're not gas powered. They're electric. Did I mention that? You did. <laughs> and are, is it totally green? Are you guys Are you guys going totally green this year? Are they We've being powered by? We've always been very green. Yeah, Solar powered. Solar powered. Okay, so. Charge them at night. Very nice. Wait, no, excuse me. <laughs> Solar power. Charge them in the day, right? And then, okay, I got it. I mentioned it. that I'm a blueberry muffin. <laughs> I don't really have a brain. Have you been uh, Have you been partaking of the Prozac uh, muffin today? Um, always. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> You'll notice there are fewer capsules than there were on the playa. Excellent. Well, these are these are one of my favorite art cars. I think that they really show how um, you can take the art and marry it to the car in a really unique way, and such in, so that you don't actually know that it's a car. You know, a lot of times you just see, like, oh, it's like, oh, there's a Chevy Impala driving around with, like, a float on top of it or something, but this is a very unique project. That's key for us, having our things look like, not cars, but the things that they are, like the bunny slippers, Uh look like bunny slippers. Right. Except with a seat. Very cool. And where are you guys from? Berkeley. Berkeley. Okay, very cool. And you guys ever take these out, like, to uh, How Berkeley Can You Be or anything like that? Every year. Very nice. We bring more things to the Berkeley Parade. Very nice. Well, we really appreciate seeing these out in the playa, and thank you for uh, for your time today. You're very welcome. I'm glad you enjoy them. Okay. Hey, this is Chai Guy at Maker Fair, and we're here with uh, Jay Bain from the uh, BYB Bike Repair Camp at Burning Man. And what, what is BYB Bike Repair Camp? Uh, BYB stands for Barrachos y Bicicletas, which I think means drunks and bikes, <laughs> although... Uh, basically, they go out there and fix people's bikes seven, for the full seven days of the uh, public week there, and uh, 
I've been uh, camping with them for the past two years doing a, a, a rickshaw project that I uh, got a grant for in 2005. And that's what you brought out here today to Maker Faire, right? Right. So what we did uh, in the 2005 project was create a new kind of rickshaw with two bikes side-by-side up front and uh, pulling a custom trailer. But today we just brought out the tandem bikes to see how people can create what's called a sociable tandem. And uh, we also brought a new bike that we're putting together, which is two tandem bikes, which we're going to make into a quad. So it'll be a four-person multi-speed bike. So we've kind of improved upon our last round. And uh, we've also got it all set up in a jig with all the pieces cut up Martha Stewart style, ready to, you know, just jump into the welding uh, session. And it's uh, ready to go so people can see how to cut it themselves. It's pretty simple, but it's just the methods that people use to... uh, make this stuff needs to be communicated in an easy way. Very cool. And, and these bikes are a little different than the average tandem because they're, they're actually, you ride next to yeah, the person who's also pedaling as opposed to ride behind uh-huh. you. And that's the social aspect of right. it. Right. So that's the social aspect. And uh, it's almost like you have like a steady cam view of everything because you're not going to fall over. Uh, it's like four square wheels and uh, it's very stable for people with disabilities or, you know, people that... Uh, uh, have a harder time riding a bike or whatever, and it also is very maneuver- maneuverable through uh, crowds of people and out in the mm-hmm. open air, open space too. And it's also kind of like a cooperative steering, right? Yeah. So we 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 did a little bit of uh, steering uh, research here, and basically have come up with what's called Ackerman steering. Uh, if you Google Ackerman steering, you'll see that it's. Uh, the wheels, uh, the things that control the wheels to keep them aligned aren't exactly parallel, but uh, have to be at a kind of a wide angle so that the wheels, when you're turning, they're not parallel, but they're kind of out, set out from each other. And uh, it actually makes steering better. And I've seen a lot of people try to do the side-by-side bikes at Burning Man, but uh, they always, like, sometimes <laughs> the steering is always, like, the tough thing. Like, right. they just forget about the steering and... People try to fight each other, so it's really about creating a simple system, and we're definitely, uh, we have tons of pictures, and uh, I moderate a tribe called Burning Bikes, where there are a lot of pictures, and uh, we're definitely all about sharing uh, information about how to do this, so people can do it themselves. All right, Jay, well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you talking to us today. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit our website at burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 775-363-5861 or click on the My Chinga voice recorder at our website, burncast.net. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.